My name's Mark Stones, 3.09 p.m., all right, after one of the great moments I've ever had in radio, getting to interview Bobby Rush and Dr. John at the same time. Now, we've got right here in the studio, yeah, make yourself comfortable anywhere, and this is community radio, so, you know, makes a few squeaks or squawks, we're cool. Now I've got one of the greatest guitar players to ever fall out of the sky into the world of great music, Mr. Steve Morse, in the studio with us. How you doing, Steve? Uh, doing great, thanks. Man, what an honor to have you here. Steve Morse and Joe Satriani tonight at House of Blues for those of you who want to get a serious head full of the best guitar there is out there. Right now, Steve's tuning up, and we're going we're gonna to play our live wire music calendar and be right back for some, uh, some live music, some interviews. Did you bring some tracks as well? No, no, I, I just just play a little on this acoustic. Oh, well, sounds awesome, of man. New Orleans, more, more acoustic-y. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Steve Morse in the studio is with us. What an honor. All right, right now we're going to play something by Jimmy McGriff. Run the live wire, and we'll be right on back. You're listening to WWOZFM, New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah, the late, great Jimmy McGriff there in the background under the live wire with heavy weight. And speaking of heavy weight, we've got one of the heaviest guitar players on earth, the man behind the Dixie Dregs, the Steve Morris Band, the man who uh, has been the guitar player for Deep Purple for going on 20 years now and uh, formerly with Kansas. Uh, The G3 Tours, he's here in town with Joe Satriani tonight. For anyone who loves the the instrument of the guitar, what an honor and pleasure to say here in the WWOZ studios with us today, the great Steve Morris. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, oh, tonight it's, it's Joe Satriani show, and and Steve Morris band is opening, so it's not technically a G three. Uh, no, no, no. I, but hey, man, <laughs> having you got you two guys in the same place, and here, oh, you know what? These mics are a little bit shy on the pickup okay. pattern, so okay. yeah. But um, yeah, you can adjust it any way you want. But uh, you know, I, I, you know, I mean. How, you you've worked in so many different contexts, and being you know one of the great recognized guitar virtuosi in the world, being in situations like you know G three with you and Steve Vai and, and Satriani, and these really guitar intensive things, and then you know doing something like you know taking Richie Blackmore's place in in Deep Purple, which I didn't realize I was just reading today. You that you actually replaced Satriani. Actually, it's true. They they finished the tour. Uh, I think they were going to Japan and then a few European dates. They finished the tour with Joe Satriani coming in, and uh, he did a great job. I, I heard the tape of him playing, and so uh, so I, l- I learned the set from listening to both Richie do the set and Joe do the set. And so I picked what I liked from each. <laughs> <laughs> and you came in and you For did the classic it. stuff. And that, we've been writing stuff ever since, so we, we still do the new material and stuff from the new album that Bob Ezrin produced and bob goes back you know with classic rock all the way from doing dark side of the moon Mm -hmm. and uh, anyway we heard him do uh the latest peter gabriel album and thought it'd be perfect so a lot of good things happening all at once let me ask you you know because by the time you 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 stepped into that gig i mean you're already you know 20 years into your career 18 or so years into your recording career you're already recognized as a as a great innovator on the instrument with your own sound your own style your own approach and then when you get picked up to to go into a band where there's already an iconic guitar sound and approach 
you know, and you're picking it up on reasonably short notice. What was it like for you to, you know, to go, okay, I'm going into Deep Purple. You're already Steve Morse. Every, you know, you're already established. People know your sound. People know your your style. But now you've got to go in and 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 adapt to a situation where there's already a really established guitar sound and still make it your own. Was there a thought process in that? Well, sure. I I kind of knew what I was getting into because I'd sort of done that with Kansas when Carrie Livgren was not coming back when the band reunited with the original singer Steve Walsh. I was I was there writing material with them and it turned into well, it just kept working and kept working and finally we said they said, Do you want to do a tour? I said, Yeah. And we did a tour, then another album, then another tour, then another tour. And it it worked out sort of naturally, but I mean I knew that, that the fans were you know, they were always gonna miss Carrie. And so you can't you can't change that. All you can do is is show them that you're a fan. And that that you respect the music that's been there before you, and that you're putting your heart and soul into the music that you're writing now, and that that's a formula that's worked really well with the Deep Purple. And I think I like them a lot just for the idea that they were willing to get somebody with their own personality rather than sort of a clone of Richie Blackmore. So it 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 uh, you know the first year there was there was a, a few rough patches, but actually I think Richie helped. By not, uh, you know, going negative. You know, he just sort of said, "Hey, you know, I wish him luck," and, and you know, it's it's not my thing anymore. You know, it's always really cool. Well, I remember when I saw you, probably just a couple of years into that, here in New Orleans at House of Blues. You looked like you were having so much fun. You just looked like you were, you know, just really enjoying that chair, getting to be, you know, the guitar player on those great amazing you know classic rock tunes and by that time you already had repertoire that you were involved in developing yeah. with them but but playing those classic tunes and stuff you were just tearing into it and oh it's a great guitar player gig yeah you get i mean you get to solo a lot and the the stuff is iconic you know the 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 classic stuff we still do you know a section of classical classic sorry a, cl- yeah. a section of the classic hits and a yeah. section of the the obscure stuff then the new stuff and then some improv so uh, you get to do a little bit of everything in the live show and uh, the reason i'm smiling is i am having a good time you know i don't enjoy waking up at 6 a.m to wait in line at a security checkpoint in the airline but i love playing music yeah well you know we all have to commute of course on some level that's part of the job on the bike and going across the neighborhood or getting on the plane and going to the next place definitely part of the job yeah and right now you are sitting here with a, a guitar in your hands. It would be one of the great pleasures of my life to invite you to play live here on the Soul Serenade. Okay, cool. This this is your guitar, by the way, and thanks for letting me borrow. <laughs> it's an it honor. Sounds great. Don't, should, I, should I bring the mic yeah, down? Yeah, you to can it? bring it down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, 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 yeah. And ladies yeah. and gentlemen, here on the Soul Serenade, the great Steve Morse on guitar. Don't worry, I'll I'll, okay. I'll dial it up and and let us know what we're gonna hear okay. if you don't mind. Okay, this is uh, T.O. Witcher. Uh, song I wrote, and it was on one of the Kansas albums that uh, Bob Ezrin recorded with us, and just a solo piece. Just messing around. Just messing around. Thanks. Steve variations, Morris. theme and variations. Wow. I put a, a little bit of another tune called Modoc in there, just a, some variety, rather than repeat the the other motif again. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure you have plenty of themes at your disposal. <laughs> well, I, I, it's open to anything. That's the station is is a community radio for the sounds of New Orleans. I figured the acoustic thing might be a little bit more appropriate than, you know, screaming electric guitar. I don't know. We love it all, man. We love good, good music. That's 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 about right. You know, this is one of those music hubs. Yeah, I mean, this city, of course, is a mecca and a wellspring, and, you know, this station's been on and be involved for, for so many years because we play real music because it deserves to be heard. And, you know, you're someone, I mean, you know, you, you've been in the industry for so long, you've always cut your own path. I mean, your music, for anyone who's heard it, is so identifiable. The stuff you did with the Dregs, the stuff you've done with your own band, and, I mean, you, you, you come from such a broad bag of styles, and you already proficient in a whole bunch of styles before you even got out of high school, right? Uh, yeah, 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 trying. I just interested in a lot of different things and, you know, uh, just studied lots of different, well, not not so much studied styles because I tried to, you know, to be this style, that style. It just, you just, it, it absorbs inside you, you know, where you feel comfortable playing. You know, music isn't so different from style to style. It really isn't. You know, in tonal music anyway. You know, if you go into atonal stuff, yes, it's different discipline. If you go into quarter tone music, yes, you need different instruments. But it, all the t- all the styles that you would ever hear on the radio, normally, you know, it's it's easy to 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 see all that and and make it work. You know, as a musician, and you know, and for actual people in in the profession, the biggest thing about them changing style is maybe an accent or, or the clothes they wear or the hats they don't wear or do. You know, who knows? It's 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 more image-oriented than, than really difficult to change, to to play in different styles, I think. The music is still music. Yeah, there there are certain things. I mean, you have to feel it, exactly. If you don't feel it, then then you are just kind of posing. Well, what, what are some things, you know, early on in your development that really hit you, whether it was a song or particular player's style or sound that that sent you in some of the different directions while you were developing your own well just the, the interview you just did I, I saw dr john and the night trippers while i was in music school in the university of miami and uh, you know a few nights later john mclaughlin with my vision of orchestra in the same place i mean just absolute explosion of, of music talent and I, I think the thing that hit me the most was that it was considered a positive thing to sound different than other people in other words you if you were the same as everybody else it was not a good thing and now and now it's all yeah it's almost required now that that everything sounded alike and I I think that was the best thing about uh the 60s, 70s, and and so forth was you every band. If you didn't have your own sound, it was like, what are you guys doing? Why are you doing this? You sound just like so and so, you know. And that was not a good thing. So, so at the time that you're coming up, I mean, you know, you've that you've got an environment that that encouraged creativity, that encouraged, you know, really finding your own sound. Of course, by an early age, I mean, you, you've got your famous Music Man signature model here in the corner, but mm-hmm. of course, you, you you started at a very early age customizing your instrument and uh, yeah. and doing things to, to be able to achieve your sound, because your sound, you know, is, is a blend of so many different things. I mean, harmonic concepts from jazz, you know, power kind of drive concepts from rock and roll, certain tones that you would associate with country music and different types of picking technique and attack to that, a certain clarity and definition. You know, so you, you're bringing all all these elements together and uh, and you're 
creating equipment to facilitate it. You're writing music around it. You know, um, at what point did it start to occur to you that, you know, hey, I really do have my own thing coming together? Well, I, I always maneuvered to have the music be first. And, you know, if anybody looks at my career, I can see that, you know, every choice that has been made is, is to turn away from the obvious. You know, being uh, called by other bands happened because they'd seen me play with my own thing and and thought it was, well, this guy's different, so we could maybe give it a try, as opposed to this guy looks like the perfect guy. No, I never look like the perfect guy. I'm, I'm just more of a cult-following guy, you know, underground. It's been underground pretty much all the way for everything that I've written and done. And I, I like, well, you're talking about my guitar. It has four different pickups in order to get different sounds so I can play the same guitar all night and, and uh, cover different styles. T- Technique-wise, pl- picking every note helps as far as changing styles because a lot of the, say, the bluegrass stuff, if you pick every note, it sounds, you know, it punches through and comes through better. And it works just as well for metal things. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you put, put some distortion on it, you pick every note and make the notes, and it's it's going to be strong. So that that's really helped. And, and j- jazz, too, of course. Yeah. As opposed to doing, you know, a lot of slurs and pull-offs that you might associate with well, other styles that, and things that's, like that. That's definitely part of the guitaristic sound of jazz, blues, and, and uh, you know, a lot of most rock stuff is is the, the pulse and, and everything but if you're writing stuff that is is not uh, guitaristic you know keyboard type riffs if, you, if you're picking every note you can make stuff happen that that just would it would it just wouldn't work you know especially impro- improvising wise you know some of the stuff like in order to do with a lot of pull-offs and 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 special fingering you have to think about the fingering and if and if you, if you pick every note, you can just wherever you can find a note that'll work because you're because you're making the note sound. You don't have to have it be part of a pairing or or triplet of pull offs or et cetera. I'm getting too technical, probably. Well, I I think there's probably a few guitar players listening out there. I know Hunter and I are sitting here going, "Great masterclass with Steve Morris. This is awesome." <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's three thirty one p.m. And you're listening to WWOZ FM New Orleans. 90.7 on your radio dial, wwoz.org, worldwide on the internet. And uh, my compatriot Hunter Bergamy and I are sitting here uh, in guitar player awe with the great Steve Morse here in the studio with us. He uh, will be at House of Blues tonight, the Steve Morse Band, and Joe Satriani tonight, two of the greatest contemporary uh, masters and stylists on the guitar. If you, if you love the instrument, that is the place to be tonight. And, uh, and Steve, um, I want to ask you in the context of doing, uh, stuff like, you know, where you have done the G3 and you have done these things where you have three incredible heavyweight guitar players in one space. And you've done a lot of that over the years. You've been putting a lot of these of different all-star contexts, you know, whether it's on a night by night basis or for more extended projects, what's the key to, you know, really delivering the kind of guitar fireworks everyone wants to hear, but still keeping it musical and, and leaving the space for everyone to be able to say their thing. Well, I think the only time you could ever see me doing something deceptive is during those moments when, say, if I'm playing and John Petrucci is about to take a solo, I'll hit some backbeats, but I'll turn down so low that it's like 
it doesn't even matter if I'm there or not. So in that sense, I'm being deceptive. I'm pretending I'm, I'm pretending like I'm contributing something musical while he's soloing. But in reality, I just want to be out of the way and let him do his thing. And that's something. If more musicians did that, we'd we'd have a lot more people liking music to listen to. You know, <laughs> dynamics is is so important. And dynamics can be done by turning down your volume. And it can also be done by what you don't play. You know, give give somebody room when it's their turn. So that's that's something I'm I'm people who work with me know that I do that. That if it's just somebody else's solo, I'm I'm sorry. I may look like I'm playing, but I'm not gonna be playing. I'm gonna be listening to them. And that, that really helps. That really helps, especially with three guitars. Sure, because that's a lot of sonic a lot of sonic space that those instruments can soak yeah. up together. And and when you're doing these kind of things, I mean over the years you've worked with so many brilliant musicians. Um do you guys you know, when you're working with other real masters of, of, of stringed instruments, do you guys ever notice yourself picking up stuff from each other, either just by osmosis or actually sitting down and saying, oh, man, well, that was cool, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, Joe and I were just sitting there talking about technique, equipment, and, and stuff like that, just very casually. And while we were doing the trade-offs in G3, you know, whoever was sitting, I think, on the stage left would start would get to start the theme that everybody else would would do variations of and so i'd play something say steve i would play something based on that and then joe would do a variation of of, of the two things and then come back to me and i you know and then then we'd switch it around and i'd, I'd sort of copy something that, that joe did but change it and then by would do something crazy and so in that sense we we're all playing off each other's ideas you know for, and and to keep it fresh you know the improv element is, is super important for guitar playing for in well any kind of i think that's that's the spirit of jazz is, is playing from your heart you know you do, you may not get the most amazing solo of all time every night but you'll get a real solo all night every time say what you have to say yeah and and people people will feel that and they'll believe it and, and it means more Absolutely! Wow, what what a great chance to sit here with Steve Morris. We're gonna. I'm I'm so backed up on announcements today. Here comes T. R. Johnson, the professor. He's going to be taking over at four o'clock, starting as he always does by taking you to the place. What's the name of the place? Space. Space is the place. He's going to start off with Sun Ra <laughs> like he does every week because he is not shy. I am so backed up on announcements because between having Steve Morris here and having spent an hour with Bobby Rush and Dr. John. You know, I really just haven't uh, haven't been focused on uh, taking care of the house clean. So we're going to play a few more announcements, and then Steve, would you uh, grace us with another uh, another live tune? Okay, maybe or just a, a few seconds of, of uh, maybe I can plug my electric in or something. Yeah, 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 sure. As a matter of fact, I'll play some stuff. We can we can grab okay. one of the amps and All set right, cool. you up. Absolutely, right, cool. man. What a pleasure! Thank you, thank you, everyone, for being tuned in to the greatest station in the nation, or as Ernie Cato used to say, the greatest station in the universe. Because we are WWOZ FM New Orleans. My name's Mark Stone. We're going to play some announcements. We're going to play some recorded music. And we'll be right back with more stuff from Steve Morse. never turn you loose. If I do, I'm going to lose my pride now. Never, never turn you loose. If I do, I'm going to lose my pride now. I can't turn you loose for nobody. Because I love you, baby. 
Sly and the Family Stone with their version of Otis Redding's I Can't Turn You Loose from the outtakes from the classic Dance to the Music album. And right now, ten of the fastest fingers in the world, one of the baddest men to ever pick up a guitar, the great Steve Morse is here in the WWOZ studios with his Steve Morse signature model music man that all of us guitar players flipped out over when it came out, what, 10, 15 years ago now? Steve will be at the House of Blues with the Steve Morris Band tonight on a bill with Joe Satriani. If you want to hear some serious guitar, that is the place to be. Steve, what do you have for us, sir? Uh, Well, the music really is is coming tonight where we've got our equipment in our band. You just play play little little bits of stuff. Have fun with it, man. So, Steve, let, let's ask you, and I mean, I, I know we got some guitar players both in the house and, uh, and listening. Um, tell me about, you know, you've got such fantastic technique on the instrument. What was really the genesis of that when you were a young player? What were some of the things that, that you studied or put a lot of effort into that helped you develop that technique? Well, starting with basics, I think a good technique, and, and it's, it's very commonly practiced, is, is to copy something that you really like. Not just, you know, the most difficult thing you can find, but, you know, if you start with with some, I don't know, great phrasing guitarists, say uh, Joe Walsh, Jeff Beck, uh, Eric Clapton, um, Hendrix, well, Jim, Jimmy Page wrote incredible riffs to, to start with, and I think I, I taught my son Smoke in the Water first. <laughs> but, there you go. But... Um, Anyway, get get phrase get something you really love that that is playable. You know that mm-hmm. not not don't don't start with Ingve solo. Mm-hmm. To p- start with something that that's reachable, but that that you really love. That way you'll put the time in, and you want to emulate it. You'll you'll hear it in your mind of, of what you want it to be, and you won't get so frustrated. Mm-hmm. But learn the phrasing. Learn to take a breath every couple uh, bars. And then, of course, you can go whichever way you want. But get get solid solid foundation first. And I always go for education. You know, learn as much as you can about the theory. And don't don't expect anybody to hand you anything. It's not going to happen. You know, for it, I've been playing for 48 years, and we still walk past the dumpster and traipse through the kitchen to get to get to work, yep. and and wait for everything and and it's it's not glamorous and everything until the moment the people are there then that's the magic and you you got to remember to thank the people because they're the ones supporting you if you're going to be a musician so it's all about connecting with the people from heart and soul and if you don't feel it and you don't love it you shouldn't play it well i mean you 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 left music for a while for a career as a commercial pilot you had a, a, a long history of flying and you had the experience and going into that world going into a more regulated i mean even that you know it's not it's not a nine to five schedule and you're still traveling but going into something that that was more regulated than music what was it like for you know retuning your mindset because you'd been a, a full-time professional musician all your all your life at that point right all your working yeah life. I, I still was recording and planning mm-hmm. to stay in music but just not have to depend on it for an income because I thought it was like the apocalypse happening musically, you know, with 
with MTV sort of dictating what the trends were going to be. And people just, one after another, just, I want to be exactly like that guy because he's on MTV. And, you know, I, I just thought it was the end of days for, for, for me. And it's just, you know, it's just time to do something else. And, you know, it hasn't changed a whole lot from, from that. But I, I did learn a good lesson that, you know, whatever you do, if you put your heart into it and, and work, especially do the work, and you know offer no excuses you you can succeed at anything and i i also discovered that music is the most resilient most variety filled career path for me and so that's why i came back and you know doing doing what you're doing now 48 years into your career and and you know one of the world acknowledged masters of the instrument and someone who really has cut your own path you know um what are things that you know, hit your ear or hit your mind or hit your heart that inspire you in, in new directions now? I mean, whether it was a song you heard on the radio or just something you saw passing by? Or... Well, still, the, the, the things that sound fresh to me are combinations of what, again, we're, I, I was saying there isn't much difference between styles, but say uh, some of the newer musicians are doing combinations of, of influences, say, from... Irish folk music to, uh, you know, blues, American blues, and putting those two things together. Those, I think breaking down the, the strict divisions between styles always appeals to me and, and makes me more inspired. Oh, so you you like to hear something where you can go, oh, I love, they stole that element from there and they mixed in a little of that and created their own their own flavor. Yeah. With it. Uh, on the other hand, I would you know I'd love to just sit in all night with the Zydeco band or or say with the the Chieftains, you know, doing yeah. doing Irish traditional stuff. But but you know for 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 my whole life, I I've got to mix it up. Absolutely. And do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, so out touring now uh, with Satriani, who you have a, a long, long relationship with, but uh, doing this tour, what is? Do you do you play a pretty different set night to night, or do you kind of work things out tour by tour? Oh, it's 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 a it's a short and sweet, you know, p- packs that we're hardly any talk and just sim bam 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 bam, bam and we're we're done because they they've got to get both bands set up and yeah. in, in and out and you know. But and, and, and keep not keep the people there too long. It's not yeah. like those club gigs where it says you know yeah. show starts at seven and and the the band goes on at eleven after right you know. <laughs> the whole thing. So it's but in terms, of, I mean, musically, because you've had the same trio now for pushing twenty years, right? Yeah, but uh, over thirty five years actually. Oh, but but we've uh, you know we've been kind of really part time since I've been with Purple full time, yeah. and uh, Van Romaine is working with Enrique Iglesias for probably 15 years or so and or 10 years and he's going a lot too so we we very rarely have the chance to do this Dave LaRue was just out with uh, Petrucci and he does he does a you know uh, that's your basis yeah he, he was also the basis with Satriani a few years back so they, and he's always busy so but you guys must have a lot of repertoire at your disposal at this oh, yeah. point. Yeah, so. we have a lot more songs than we have time to play it. But so uh, do do you do you switch stuff up night to night? You know? We we have have just started uh, trying that at Soundcheck, and um, 
basically we just switched sound man. So we're yeah. he says, Can you just keep it the same for a while? Keep it the same, let me catch up. And let me ask you this, because we were talking about the fact that, you know, I mean, you tour all over the world, but you actually, you don't come through New Orleans very often. You've been here a couple of times with the Steve Morris Band. I know I've seen you here with Kansas and with Deep Purple over the years. But, uh, you know, as as a lover of music and a musicologist and someone with, you know, with a deep knowledge like yourself, uh, does coming to New Orleans hit you in any any particular place? I mean, you look like you were having as much fun as I was when you came in and Dr. John, Bobby Rush were in here. And yeah, uh, de- definitely. And that this is the, the mixing melting pot vibe of New Orleans is what I like the best is that there there isn't. I mean, you know, you know what that if you go here you're gonna hear the Saints come marching in <laughs> and if you go here you're gonna hear the the, the authentic Zydeco or the the blues or our rock. You know, you can it is mixed up here and it's sort of like Austin and and Nashville in that sense, New York, LA, you can you can find a little bit of everything. Oh, this, so. it, it is one of the great melting pots. And right now we've got like five minutes left in the program. I've got two quick announcements to play. And then would you be, I know you've got to make a sound check and make the gig. Would you be kind enough to play us out the last couple of minutes of the show? Oh, right. I wish I had somebody to play some chords with me. <laughs> Hunter, <laughs> yeah. you want to grab that acoustic and yeah. tune it back to standard while we're uh, playing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hunter Bergamy from uh, New Orleans Center of Creative Arts on his right. way to Berkeley Music. He's going to jam with Steve Morse right okay, here cool. in the studio. So, all right, my name's Mark Stone. This is the Soul Serenade, and we're going to play a couple of announcements and be right on back. All right, here's where it gets interesting, folks. We have New Orleans' own Hunter Burgamy. Hunter is uh, kind of our unofficial intern here on the Soul Serenade. He uh, he just graduated from NOCA. He's got the full ride to go to Berkeley Music uh, starting in the, the winter semester coming up. And right now, uh, he's played with everybody, Preservation Hall Band, Bonnie Raitt, all kinds of great stars already and worn out a passport already at the age of 18. Here with one of the great masters of the guitar, the amazing Steve Morris. We're going to put it together and see what happens. Fellas, what you got? 